Well, this episode takes a while, a long while actually. I was traveling and other things just started to pile up. But anyway, I'm back, and here's another episode of TR Business, where we unveil insights into business strategy and corporate leadership in the 21st century. Special episodes from the Netherlands. This is Tony's Rhapsody. I'm your host, Tony Jung. March 10, 2019. The world was struck by this breaking news. Our breaking news: An Ethiopian Airlines flight has crashed shortly after takeoff from Addis Ababa, killing all 157 passengers and crew thought to be on board. It was not the first incidence of a Boeing 737 Max crash. In fact, just a couple of months back, another incident happened. We have breaking news from Indonesia: a Lion Air Boeing 737 Max 8 carrying 189 people crashed into the sea this morning. Rescuers have located debris, but they do not expect to find any survivors. These two incidents were not just similar. The main character of these two crashes were actually the same: the Boeing 737 Max. Today in our episode, we are not going to dig deep about the cause of the crash and the engineering details regarding the Boeing 737 Max. Rather, we will be focusing on crisis management. As we all know, companies around the world run into crises, perhaps on a daily basis. The thing about crises is that if it's poorly managed, then a company is pretty much doomed. But on the other hand, if the company can handle these crises well, it almost becomes the best opportunity for them to establish trust with the public. So before we drill deep down into crisis management and all key aspects of it, let's now take a step back in understanding how Boeing got itself into this crisis situation. The key problem with Boeing's approach is that its response was initially too defensive, slow, and passive, suggesting a lack of openness and accountability. For two days, Boeing CEO Dennis Mullenberg insisted the 737 Max planes were safe, even as country after country grounded the aircraft. Then, on March 13, when the Federal Aviation Administration or FAA eventually followed suit. Boeing again maintained that its planes were safe, but other than these statements and two tweets from Mullenberg, Boeing's leadership has been silent. Now, silence is passive and suggests that an organization is neither in control nor trying to take control of a situation. Also, silence allows others to frame the issues and control the narrative. As a result, Boeing has found itself playing defense to a storyline that suggests the company. Was more interested in profits than people in the rush to produce an aircraft that accounts for about a third of its revenue. Clearly, Boeing is not reacting the best in a crisis situation. But more importantly, we want to understand, in general, how does a company go about crisis management and communication? Obviously, there are many lenses from which we can view crisis management. And according to Harvard Business School professor Yang Mimun. It comes down to four key aspects or ingredients regarding crisis management, and they are leadership, immediate actions taken, communication, and aftermath. So we'll now go into all four key aspects respectively. 
First off, leadership. So when we're thinking about leadership, we're thinking about who's in charge. Perhaps most of the time, maybe CEO. In this case of Boeing, the CEO Mullenberg definitely plays an important role in public-facing situation. The company needs to have the public face. Perhaps sometimes a designated committee that is primarily in charge of the crisis situation. Now there are three important aspects under leadership. So, namely, in order not to waste a good crisis or an opportunity of a good crisis, leaders should first off develop a sense of urgency to bring people together, and more importantly, to motivate and even communicate its visions to remove immediate obstacles. So, in hard times, it is often really important for the leaders. To bring everyone's attention back to the company's vision, back to where they are starting from in the first place, instead of just looking temporarily at this crisis. Now, secondly, what is also important for leaders to do is to innovate, especially under critical circumstances. Now, we all know in crisis management situation,、uh, it can become pretty intense in that the time is limited, the resources that one can mobilize is probably limited based on the short period of time. So leaders often have to innovate, and specifically in selecting high-performing teams to、uh, undergo all these kind of activities. Now, the third key aspect under leadership is collaborate and motivate. Now, we understand for companies that are involved in crisis, oftentimes it is probably not possible for the company alone to address the crisis solely, and so it makes it extremely important for them to collaborate to find. Allies and important stakeholders to work with in getting all the obstacles away. However, in doing so,、uh, the new process or the ways of doing things often requires both changes in in terms of external as well as internal. External, as we say, the companies might need to look for allies,、uh, different type of stakeholders, but internally they will also need to coach. And encourage their subordinates in working in line with the new mechanism under the crisis management circumstances. So, oftentimes, the leadership will have to be in a coercive style in order to require certain control and force people to work in an ideal way. And so, that pretty much sums up the three key aspects under leadership. And that leads us to the second ingredient of crisis management, which is the real actions taken immediately after the crisis happened. Now, why is this important? Is because this is actually the real work that has been carried out in addressing the problem. Under the context of real actions, we're talking about both public actions as well as those behind the scenes, maneuvering and negotiation, liaising with different stakeholders, and putting together the efforts. After that, it's the third aspect, which is communication, and I would say one of the most important part regarding crisis management. Now. A lot of these communication actually comes about in a form of a press conference, as we can see on TV, where CEO or any associated managers in a companies go about in front of the public in addressing their approach of solving the crisis, the updates of their actions so far. And so, what we often expect from these communication is that it has to be carried out in a style of compassionate, empathetic, and careful, as we all know that any misstep. Can potentially cause the company long-term reputation and credibility, as we've seen in many of the cases before. Now that brings us back to the fourth aspect: after leadership,、uh, real actions, and communication. And a fourth aspect is actually a longer-term vision, which is how the companies will be able to have real changes months later after the crisis happened. And we want to see those real changes in their operations and seeing the learning actually pan out in. 
each and every aspects of how they actually carry out the business. And essentially, that's where companies can really leverage crisis as an opportunity in escalating and building trust for the public. And so, with this framework laid out, namely the four ingredients of crisis management, leadership, real actions taken, communication, and aftermaths, we would now want to know how Boeing has probably failed on a scorecard out of these four key ingredients in managing a crisis and potentially shed light on how they could have done better or what they should do in that very situation. So first up, in evaluating their leadership, as we see, Boeing's leadership in this specific crisis is not timely and is not visible. The CEO is not often seen in a public face, and they only come out once after a while. People almost forgot about their presence, their existence, their CEO, their organization, the leadership, until more plans are being grounded and even more negative news come about. Then, of course, there are the real actions. Of course, Boeing has go back to their team in fixing every bits of their business parts regarding、uh, the research and developments in making sure the machines actually can work very well.、Uh, they also get to look at their human resources training program in making sure pilots in the futures are well trained in maneuvering this new type of new software. Of course, there are some other aspects where they potentially reach out to the families of the victims,、uh, some other stakeholders involved. Regarding its communication, it is often seen or often critiqued as being off-target. What their original press release focus primarily on is that they believe the crash is a technical problem that they can correct with pilot training. Now. They might be right in addressing this problem at its core,、um, that the crash might actually originated from this technical problem. But the key points that get them really off target in terms of communication is that they're really neglecting the fact that there are severe loss of human lives involved in both crashes, and it doesn't seem very obvious that they've addressed this well enough in their press release or in any type of public addresses by the CEO. And so, after certain consolidations of the research that I found and suggestion from all different kind of experts, I've put together a press statement that I would probably suggest Boeing to have adopted in the first place. So the statement goes like this, and it's in a form of a press release, of course. This is a technical problem that we do not fully understand. Now, in light of that uncertainty, we recommend grounding. The 737 Max A's and 9's until we can be sure we know what is causing these crashes, and can satisfy ourselves and all of the global regulators that a plane is safe to fly again. Now let's inspect on a bit of the details of this press release and see how Boeing can better communicate itself in a crisis using this press release. So first of all, if we look back in the first sentence, we see that they actually admit they don't know certain things that is happening. So they say we do not fully understand. It is often really important for the companies to admit that they don't know of a certain situation if they really don't. It is really bad for the company to delay any of these press release in order to gain full information because public will has anxiety over uncertainty, and when that uncertainty and anxiety piled up, it often will backfire to the company in a. Pretty severe circumstances. For example, not taking the flights with Boeing 737 aircraft anymore, that would mean severe loss in their business. 
And if you look into the second sentence, they say we recommend grounding the 737 Max A's and I's. Now this is a huge act, and potentially one can regard this as an overreaction. But in often time, what we have to do under、uh, these type of circumstances is to overreact. The really important thing of overreact is that even if it means financial loss, it will brings back people's trust. And that is exactly what a company needs under the situation. Because once you gain the public trust, you also gain confidence internally, and that will eventually loop back into helping you better manage the crisis. After all, now the last thing that was mentioned in this press release is that they will satisfy themselves and all of the global regulators. Clearly, they are taking the regulators around the world. As part of their allies, as we talk about earlier in their leadership, there is one specific role being collaboration and motivation, and certainly it is important for them to build allies in the situation. In that, essentially, having their aircraft all around the world is really hard for them to monitor to each and every level of the detail. But if they can somehow collaborate with, let's say, regulators, with airlines, potentially U.S. government, then it becomes a lot easier for them to carry out the resolution effort. And I'm going to sum up with aftermaps. Essentially, this is the ongoing process of how we see Boeing will continue to do in absorbing their learning from these two crashes into their operational behaviors, into their day-to-day -day business activities in the future. So these are the parts we're not sure yet, but certainly we'll follow up with them along the line of how they conduct their business going forward. Despite all the framework and essentials of crisis management that makes so much sense, there's a clear rebuttal to be made from the point of views of Boeing. Many people argue Boeing is not that dumb. How exactly do they not know that they need to get public trust instead of pissing people off? They clearly have certain incentives not to do so, or certain proposition that they held that actually prevent them from doing so. And so here we hear from a crisis management experts in his short interviews by CNBC in telling the story from the Boeing side. Now, what he described Boeing's reaction to this crisis as picking a less bad option on the table that was given to them. So clearly, grounding the airplanes is one of the alternatives. Boeing did not choose to do that by themselves in the first place because there is a less bad option on the table. And that is, is that they believe if the planes continue to fly safely, and American airlines as well as U.S. governments continue to be on their back, slowly but surely other companies will come on board. So it all comes down to confidence, actually. When people see that over time the plane is flying safely without incidents, slowly but surely other people come back. Now this is not a PR campaign where you can educate a mass audience about safety. But rather, this is really about building the confidence internally in Boeing and gradually spreading it out with a ripple effect to the public, to other companies, to other stakeholders. But clearly, though it stands as a rebuttal for Boeing not to make the overreaction type of decision in the first place,、uh, what clearly fails them. In the whole process of crisis management of these two crashes, is they fail to take into account the importance of human lives that are involved, and their neglection of this clearly pisses people off. It's a huge topic that we talked about today. So just to try to sum it all up, we understand that crisis management is not simply about solving the issue, 
for example, having product recall, grounding the air plans, or any efforts of the kind. But more importantly, it's about managing people's perception, and that includes taking the courage to acknowledge the unknown, overreact, communicate in a sympathetic manner, and simply taking all the necessary measures to win public's trust. Well, after all, it's often the public that determines your future, which is very much true, with really immense consumer power over the several industry landscape that we see today. So, that's the episode. If you like it, please tune in for more. I'm Tony Zhang. See you next time at Tony's Rhapsody. Thanks for listening. Thank you.